You've all heard the saying, there is no I in team. Well, that's partly correct. But we each bring a unique perspective and experience when working as a team. So it can be viewed as a collective group of eyes that work together to build a team of success. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. With host Dr. Cass Henry. In today's program, we'll uncover the tools of team success in order to achieve winning results. Now, here is Dr. Cass Henry. Welcome to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. I'm Dr. Cass Henry, and I am very excited to share another hour with you. Healthcare is a major issue for everyone, regardless of what they do or how they access the healthcare services. Quality of service and cost of services together reflect the overall quality of healthcare we enjoy in our communities. If healthcare is offered by our employer, then we need to be able to understand how to make those selections and how to make things work for the well-being of our family. If we are employers or businesses that need to offer healthcare to our employees, then we need to understand how to select the right plan to serve our employees and attract the right kind of employees and retain the right kind of employees, as well as provide the right coverage so that our, employee, our employees are taken care of while understanding that the cost structure is changing, costs are increasing, and we have an increasing burden of sharing that rising cost of healthcare. So healthcare becomes slightly complicated in nature in the society we live in, partly affected by public policy, partly affected by the uh, trends going on in our environment. And either case, whether we are employees utilizing the healthcare services from our employers, or we are business owners trying to come up with the right plan to help our employees access the right care, we all need to be a part of this conversation. How do we set up the right healthcare program? How do we maintain it? How do we make sure we're getting the right benefit out of it? And how are we mitigating our organization's risk? And how do we make sure we are not paying too much? Like all things in life, proactive preventative approach of good health as a culture is ideal for stopping the rising healthcare costs and attempting to manage it. We are, after all, what we eat. And if we continue to embrace a philosophy of better living through chemistry, to continually ingest genetically and chemically modified processed food, we will continue to see um, the need to develop new drugs to deal with new lifestyle designer diseases because we are kind of dis redesigning what nature makes so that we can ingest it or we can eat it, drink it in a more convenient way because of our lifestyles are changing. Healthcare, risk mitigation, and cost containment are very, very complex issues that span socio-cultural and economic spectrums and directly impacted by public policy. To help me with this timely dialogue on this episode, healthcare and cost containment is Kelly Ortega, a forward-thinking businesswoman and nationally recognized Health Rosetta Certified Advisor. She works with a sense of urgency, accountability, and the desire to break through barriers to put her clients first. 
As the vice president of Cockhill Benefits, she pushes those around her to ask the very difficult questions, demand results, and gives them tools they need to succeed. Kelly, welcome to the show. So happy to have you on. Great. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. So as we get the show started, I want you to take a moment and take us through the journey of how did you get to where you are today, choosing to get into the healthcare world, getting in there and not just growing in your career, but deciding to become part of that Rosetta Advisor program and being a caring professional while being an executive and shaping strategy. That is not an easy balance. Sure. So my background had actually been on the employer side. So in my previous role, I was the purchaser of health insurance for my family business. And then as time went on and I was looking for something else in my life, I moved over to the insurance side, specifically the agent or advisor side, Mm -hmm. and took an active role in working with employers who were in the same seat that I had been in for the 10 to 15 years prior to that. So I knew what it was like to be on the employer side, the kinds of questions that I had, what Mm -hmm. I was looking for and really demanding for my employer group plan. So I set out on this initiative with those things in mind, looking Mm -hmm. for ways that I can help employers, their employees, and their families, and thereby connecting with the community to help really educate and improve their quality and access to care. Mm -hmm. So you truly were able to switch roles and you were able to walk a mile in somebody else's shoe because you already walked it for 15 years. Right. Mm -hmm. So as you went on to the provider side, health insurance provider side, and started working with clients and customers, what were some of the realizations that led you to start thinking about different ways of approaching this and getting that Rosetta certification and credentials and moving forward with, um, you know, your approach is different. What made you go there? First, it was the realization that there is a tremendous need for education and not just at the employer side. We all mm-hmm. know that next to payroll, the cost of health insurance and benefits tends to be the second largest expenditure for an organization. Definitely. So naturally, the employers should be mm-hmm. looking at educating themselves on options and mm-hmm. how to make the best of what they're already paying for. But then you have we as the consumer or the employees of these organizations, and they too are paying quite a bit of money towards healthcare coverage, and how do we collectively as the broker advisor community help educate each of these individuals and their families Mm -hmm. to take advantage of the health plan that they're part of and all of the other tools and resources available to them. So it started at that very basic level for me, Mm -hmm. having had the background of being a healthcare consumer myself and for my family as well as that employer side. So in starting with the basic education, it has then over the last several years 
evolved from there, and that's where the health Rosetta interest ultimately starts to come in. That's interesting. You made a very valid point that outside of payroll, um, healthcare costs is one of the largest uh, contributing factors to the overall expenditure of a company's budget, right? And America being a service industry uh, nation, um, 70 to 80% of costs for service industry companies are employee costs. And employee costs are salary and total benefits. And as a finance person, I know the fully loaded benefits for an employer can range anywhere between 25 to 35%, depending on 401k or pension or all the taxes and health insurance included. So that's material. Right. It's largely material. And so as employers start looking at the rising costs of healthcare, they're always trying to figure out how to deal with this rising cost because they have to make a choice between giving employees raises versus reducing the race and covering their pro rata, their health portion of the cost, right? And that is a real decision every employer has to make on an ongoing basis. So can you help our audience understand what are the cost drivers? And then I want us to talk about how can we mitigate those costs so that employers actually have the opportunity to maybe give some of that increase as part of salary raises as opposed to health insurance cost increase? Sure. Well, there's a lot going on in that question. Um, I know. So, so there's going to be multiple different components. Some employers and some individuals can certainly directly affect the cost of their health care but then you have the cost of health care and you have the cost of health insurance. Mm -hmm. So they're not necessarily the same expenditure for an individual or for an employer. So in the world of the Affordable Care Act or post-health care reform, you have your employer plans for a small group employer. So let's say sub-50 employees that are eligible on the plan and Mm -hmm. they're grouping of plan options are going to, and their flexibility will be significantly different than an employer that has, let's say, 50 on payroll and up to 100. Mm-hmm. And then that also will change if you're a very large organization with several thousand. So ways to control health care or health insurance expenses in those situations is going to vary, but ultimately the way to spend less on health care is to spend less on health care, which means mm-hmm. ultimately we as the consumer need to fully understand what our current state reality is, how much does our plan say we should pay, how much does it actually cost to get said health care. And once we are educated, have the tools and resources to show us the cost of everything, so cost transparency tools, mm-hmm. then we as the consumers can make educated decisions. So my favorite example is always advanced imaging or MRIs. We on a fully insured plan or a self-insured plan, we are, as an individual, going to the doctor and let's say it's our shoulder that's bothering us. Our mm-hmm. primary care doctor writes an order for us to go and get an MRI. Historically, again, most of us as a patient or consumer, 
we're going to take that MRI order and either go to the hospital location that's attached to the office that I'm in right now or go wherever our doctor told us without any clue as to what the cost is for that and certainly without any clue that that price can vary significantly based on the facility at which we get that MRI. Now, mm-hmm. with a lot of the cost-saving tools that are available, what the consumer is able to do is look up what the cost at the nearest five facilities that perform MRIs would be for that exact same procedure. And that cost can literally range from $600 on up to $3,800, depending on where you go. And to me, the initial education of that variance and truly making cost a transparent factor and something Mm -hmm. that we demand as the consumer, that is where it can all start, where we start the movement at the grassroots level. Mm -hmm. And that's an interesting point. So you are talking about empowering the consumer so that they can make better decisions so that they minimize their out-of-pocket costs and over time they can also minimize their own contributory portion of the health insurance cost. Correct. But the only way for that to happen is for there to be cost transparency and education. Mm-hmm. And because then everybody, it's really a paradigm shift. Yes. And everybody has to do it. Just one person doing it is not going to make enough of a dent, right? Correct. Okay. Okay. And that was very, very insightful. Let's go ahead and take our first break. Come back and pick up this conversation, Kelly. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Find out what makes the most successful people tick. Keep listening to the Voice America Empowerment Channel. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. 
To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. You're joining us on the episode, Healthcare and Cost Containment. Kelly, as we went to break, you had very insightful uh, information on transparency of healthcare costs. And can you share with our audience where they could find this information, whether it's a book, whether it's a website, what are the various tools out there so that they can go and test it out for themselves? Sure. So anybody who currently is on a major medical plan, odds are that health insurance carrier has some sort of cost transparency tool now available to them through their member portal. So, for example, in here in Illinois, if you have Blue Cross Blue Shield of Illinois, you can simply log into your member portal, find the cost transparency link, click on it, and that will walk you through the prices based on the plan that you're on. Likewise, United Healthcare has something similar, etc. If you're looking for something outside of the scope of your health insurance plan, there is a website and an app called Healthcare Blue Book, and that is a really good transparency tool for looking up just the general cost of procedures at various facilities. That's very, very helpful. Thank you for sharing that, Kelly. Now, as employers look at strategically improving their healthcare options that they're offering to their employees, what, how do they define improvement or impactful or relevant healthcare? So, again, like with your, with your previous one, that's really going to depend on the Mm -hmm. size, type, and culture of the employer at question here. Mm -hmm. So some of them are um, simply looking for a health plan that they can afford. And because of both the employer mandate and the individual mandate, they're trying to offer up a plan that they can afford to contribute towards, that their employees can then afford to buy into, and that they can use as a recruiting and retention tool. Mm -hmm. So once you have that plan established or for an employer that has the extra cash and the ability to offer a richer plan or maybe an assortment of different plans, the types of things that I find employers looking at are how do we, once we've educated the employees, let's say educate them on using an emergency room for true physical emergencies versus an urgent care or your primary care doctor or what has now become quite a trend, your teledoc or telehealth benefits. So historically, on an on insurance plan, a member could go to the emergency room and several would because they're just not feeling well. It's the weekend. I have a horrible headache. It's not letting up. I think I might have a sinus infection. So they go over to the ER 
makes sense. It's open 24 hours a day, but they don't know the true cost of that behind the scenes because their copay to go to the emergency room might be 40 or $50. So they don't realize that simply walking through the doors of the ER, you're looking at no less than most likely $1,000 simply for walking in. So what a lot of employers have done over the last several years has been to increase the cost share for members who choose to go to the emergency room when they could otherwise go to an urgent care clinic or a take care clinic, some of those that are associated with the pharmacies that are mm-hmm. national chains, or phoning their primary care doctor, whomever might be on call 24-7, okay. or taking advantage of a telehealth benefit that's available through most employer health plans. So that's been one way by way of the health insurance plan that employers have looked at trying to contain costs by steering them by way of copay. Okay. Makes total sense. So if somebody is trying to figure out what are the drivers of healthcare, what how would you explain that to them? Outside of general trends and any of the fees and taxes, mm-hmm. a lot of it is going to be your primary care and how that is set up. Another component is going to be prescriptions. Mm-hmm. And then the third part is going to be over-prescription or over-prescribing of medications, of procedures, of additional exams that may or may not be necessary. So if we take the primary care which is where mm-hmm. a majority of the health care for any of us really does happen. Right now, the way that the system works on traditional insured plans, you choose your primary care doctor, who is usually part of the health insurance network that you're enrolled in. That primary care doctor probably has 2,500 to 3,000 patients that they see each year. So because of that, if you just run the numbers, the amount of time they have to spend or the amount of quality time that most of them have to spend with their patients is going to be a very small amount, right? Mm -hmm. So the quality of care that's being given during these, on average, about 12 minutes per appointment for your primary care physical, that's going to result in perhaps the doctor not being able to fully examine and see the full scope of everything that's going on. It might also result in that MRI that I mentioned before. Maybe they didn't have enough time to talk about any other treatment or symptoms that they've had. They write the script for the MRI so that they can see digitally what exactly is going on with that said symptom or complaint. So if we start to really peel back the layers of the healthcare onion, so to speak, and look at what is or is not working with primary care, there is a lot that can be expanded upon and improved over time in that area alone. Mm-hmm. And then if we move on to prescription, again, similar to my MRI example, 
Most people that are on a traditional health insurance plan, they have their prescription copay card. So they go to the pharmacy and they're paying $25 a month for their prescription. They don't realize that that's their copay, but the retail or the cost to the insurance carrier or the insurance plan might be $250 per month. So because people don't realize that, they're going in, they're paying their copay, but they are completely oblivious to what the actual cost of that drug is and how that would impact their health plan, both mm-hmm. in the short and long-term perspective. So okay. for prescriptions in educating people, there's an app out there. One of them is Good RX. It's both a website and an app. And it's free. Anybody can go and type in the prescription that they're having filled. It's going to tell you what the retail cost is at all of the area pharmacies. But the part that's really interesting to me is it's also going to tell you if the manufacturer of that prescription has a discount or any kind of coupon available to consumers. So that's something that... I educate to at all of my employee meetings is knowing that this resource is available. Become aware of what the true cost of your prescription is and also become aware that you might be able to find that at an even lower cost than your copay is. But it all starts with the awareness that the copay is in no way indicative of the amount that that drug actually costs you. That is very, very valuable advice. So if we start comparing the cost of Medicare versus the cost of private insurance, and I bring this up because my husband and I are in one of those situations where he qualifies for Medicare, and so we we have his insurance on Medicare, but I am on my company's health insurance. And when I compare the two, Medicare with his supplemental definitely gives better coverage and it's a larger pool. So the cost is spread greater and the cost to him is lower because Medicare negotiates differently. So would similar situations arise when there are employers with larger employee pool that they can better negotiate just like Medicare can negotiate for its entire uh, um, uh, retiree base? I bring this up because that is not a concept that we talk about in a social environment, right? For business to business insurance, we talk about that brokered bulk placement for multiple clients, right? But mm-hmm. from a consumer perspective, it's not something they're privy to. So could you explain that a little bit so that our, our listeners can understand how that works? Sure. There's a certain certainly power in collective purchasing. So the way that Medicare negotiates or the CMS negotiates pricing for different services, that operates one way. And then a big part of what we're doing with the health Rosetta and a lot of other forward-thinking and forward-looking advisors is in pooling employers together and communities together so that they can do direct purchasing of healthcare with facilities and providers directly. So 
a trend that's really taken off recently is called reference-based pricing. So RBP is the acronym you might see out there. Mm-hmm. And typically what they'll do in certain instances, they completely eliminate any major medical network that we're familiar with. So they have a health plan and basically you can go to any doctor that you want to. And what the health plan does for any service that's rendered they will pay whatever Medicare pays plus a certain percentage over that. So let's say that for a certain type of exam, Medicare Mm -hmm. would typically pay $100 for that service at that provider. In a reference-based pricing model, the health plan might pay the provider 120% of Medicare, or maybe it's 150% of Medicare. So there's no network involved, but the health plan is going to pay based off of what Medicare's already established rate is. So the provider receives more than they would from a Medicare patient, but Mm -hmm. sometimes less than or maybe equal to what the health insurance carriers would be paying if it was a network situation. So that's one step that some employers have taken Mm -hmm. to start exposing the true cost of health care and collectively determining how much they're going to have their health plan pay for those claims. With, with that, let's go to a break, come back, and then continue this. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's K-A-S-Henry.com. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Live up to your fullest potential. This is the Voice America Empowerment Channel. You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. 
To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to Henry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. You're joining us on the episode, Healthcare and Cost Containment. Kelly, we were talking about the various different tools and methodologies both consumers and employers can use as they look at developing strategically the right kind of plan, the right kind of benchmarking and reference-based pricing to Medicare so that costs are kept low and negotiations are done well. I also know that you are big into accountability and you are trying to promote consumer accountability in their healthcare choices. So I want us to take a moment and talk about what what your definition of accountability is and why it's important for consumers to be accountable for their own spending so that they can be a part partner in the endeavor with their employees? Great topic. Great question. So tied into what we discussed earlier, that the cost of health care for an employer is typically in the top two of mm-hmm. organizations' expenditures. When we look at ourselves as consumers, and whether we're paying a copay for a specialist or a $5,000 healthcare deductible, the amount of money that we as individuals spend towards our healthcare is a lot, right? We're, mm-hmm. we're spending a lot on healthcare. So we'll go out, see the doctors, go to whichever hospital we're sent to, and never ask a question about what that cost is, whether it's in advance of the treatment, during the treatment, or after the treatment. You and I both, as do most people out there, we price Mm -hmm. shop where we buy our groceries. We wait for those designer jeans that we want to purchase to go on sale. Mm -hmm. We certainly price shop televisions, refrigerators, vehicles, every other major or daily expense in our lives, we will price shop, price map, and negotiate. Mm-hmm. Yet and our health care, mm-hmm. we have historically, I don't want to say taken for granted, but we've never been of a culture or mindset where that's something that we should really even be aware of. We go to the doctor, he or she tells us what we do or don't need, and we proceed accordingly. Never is it that we start to look at the pricing or, heaven forbid, negotiate or taking it a step further, demanding a lower cost for certain procedures. So from an accountability perspective, again, this is assuming that people have been exposed to the education and are privy to and have access to the cost transparency tools. Mm-hmm. From an accountability perspective or from a what can each of us do as individuals perspective, it's time that we all become aware of what the cost of health care is. And when we're faced with a prescription 
that we may or may not need, but we're, we're going to get filled, or a procedure that has been recommended of us, it's really our responsibility to look into that and find out what the cost is. And is the facility that I'm planning on going to, is that a high-quality facility? If it's a hospital, what is their readmittance rate, for example? Mm -hmm. What is their quality metric? So rather than just blindly following what is told to us, we need to start taking our responsibility of our own health care and being accountable for what our role and what our contribution into the bigger picture and the greater whole is as far as health care and then ultimately health insurance is to be. Mm -hmm. So some might argue that they're so busy juggling two jobs, raising a family, commuting back and forth to work, right, and running Mm -hmm. a household and everything that comes with it. People can hardly keep track of the news, let alone have the time to go and do research and find all of this. So what I'm wondering is in the age of information and everything available via the information technology, so to speak, are we at some point overloading people with information that they have way too much to process and don't know how to deal with it? Because financial services, they want you to figure it out and do your own research, right? Legal work, you have to research and you have to figure it out. Healthcare, all of these things. Where does one have the time? I'm just sure. throwing it out there. Yeah. Because So where does one have the time? But if you do somehow make the time, how do you know what the accurate sources are and what can you count on? Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of those, those factors for sure. So mm-hmm. that's going to be a combination of how important is it to you? Does this decision truly affect you financially? So if you're on a traditional PPO, for example, and let's say you are fortunate enough or unfortunate enough to still have a PPO with a very low deductible, and maybe your office visit co-pays are $10, and you pay no more than $15 a month for prescription. In that example, people really don't have the incentive to go and price shop what the true cost of their health care is. But the fact of the matter is most employers, or many of them anyway, have moved to very high deductible plans, and some have even stripped the plan of co-pays at large. Mm-hmm. So in order to have access at this point to health care, people have to make the time in order to fill those prescriptions, afford to get that MRI, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And now, because of the example that you just laid out, there isn't time in the day to work the two jobs, to run the household to price shop your groceries, utility bundles, all of those, and now health care. So then that circles us back to what role does the employer have? What can they be doing? What should they be doing to design the health plans, not just so that the monthly spend for the premium for both the employer and the employee is affordable, but how do you align that health plan with the needs and culture of your organization and then specifically align that to the needs of your people and their families. 
So a lot of people are at minimum two parents that work full-time and a full family. Some of them have multiple jobs. Mm-hmm. So they don't have the time to be doing the price shopping. So what could we as an employer do to lay out a health plan that maybe isn't an off-the-shelf fully insured program? Maybe we are either of the size where we can self-fund or of the size where we could go into a captive or can band together with other area employers and design health plans that takes that component out of the healthcare arena for the employees, and maybe you create a network or a health plan that gears the employee and all of the members to Mm -hmm. providers that already meet a certain standard of quality, cost transparency, and value. So in order for that to happen, further education then needs to happen with the employer They need to be aligned with advisors and vendors who understand the healthcare landscape. And then they can start to get really creative with what are the needs of our people? What Mm -hmm. are the spending habits? What are the conditions? And how do we craft a plan that meets the specific needs of our area and also focuses on the cost transparency, but really the quality? You can have a major medical hospital, but if they have an incredibly high readmittance rate, what does that really mean? Well, they spent a lot in marketing, so everybody is familiar with the brand, but is that really what you want to align your health plan and the overall well-being of your employees with? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what about some, not some, in general, hospitals and uh, service providers tend to over-medicate, right? I know this from experience. Opioids are introduced to everybody in the medical setting, right? The minute you come out of surgery, they pump through IV, pain meds, opioids. I know in my family situation, I always fight to keep that out of the system. A lot of times people don't need it, but the hospitals always give it. What is the role of a medical advocate? So, some member in the family has to be that advocate for whoever who is in the hospital. And that is outside of the conversation we've had. How can we educate family members in making right choices and informed choices as the healthcare advocate for their family member? Well, there's certainly resources available to all of us as individuals, either through the healthcare plan. Some employers Mm -hmm. offer EAPs. Certain hospitals themselves have social workers and educational individuals that can help educate families about specifically the the opioid crisis. But oftentimes it ultimately comes down to the employer health plan that is covering that drug. So it's now affordable and it's available to people, whether it's the employer health plan, so your benefit plan or even your workers' compensation allowance. Mm -hmm. So it's really an epidemic that there's multiple fronts that need to be exposed and investigated and, again, educated upon because it is a crisis and education is needed. So it's people coming together as a community 
healthcare providers, insurance professionals, and we each as individuals need to support one another and find ways to curtail this epidemic. And it is something that starts in a controlled medical setting that then gets completely out of control once people leave that medical setting. And so as we struggle to deal with all of that, there is also another component that impacts healthcare the way we eat, the way we go through our socialization of food and culture, right? Um, we are going to go for our next break, but as we come back from break, Kelly, I just, Kelly, I want us to take a moment and talk about how our food, food habits and our lifestyle uh, of eating, drinking, exercises, or lack thereof, how are all of those contributing to the cost of healthcare? So if you sure. can give it some thought, we'll pick it up uh, when we come back from our final break. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. If you are looking for an outstanding keynote speaker, look no further than Dr. Cass Henry. Cass is available to speak to your company. She also offers organizational leadership development seminars and workshops. These seminars can integrate learning and development, customer service, processes, and financial growth. Positive, motivated employees care about their customers and work products. Visit CassHenry.com or follow Dr. Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com for more information. Organizational training does not have to be a difficult job. Visit Dr. Cass Henry's site to find out more about her organizational training curriculum development and global organizational training webinars. These informative webinars cover leadership development, career path and succession planning, financial performance improvement and change management, and corporate finance. For more information, please visit CassHenry.com and follow Cass Henry on Facebook. That's CassHenry.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Build your better business. Achieve that goal. Make good on that resolution. The Voice America Empowerment Channel. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. You're listening to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks. How to get it just right. To reach Dr. Cass Henry or her guest today, please call one 888 346 9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to drcasshenry at hotmail.com. Now, back to this week's program. Welcome back to Unleash in a Goldilocks, How to Get It Just Right. You're joining us on the final segment of the episode, Healthcare and Cost Containment. 
Kelly, as we went for break, uh, we talked about um, delving into the lifestyle aspect that drives healthcare, whether it's food, drinks, exercise, so on and so forth. What thoughts do you have to share with our audience on that? Well, I think it's certainly important for us to be mindful of healthy eating, healthy behaviors, including um, certainly emotional and psychological stressors. Mm -hmm. So it's challenging for any of us, in my opinion, as individuals to always stay healthy and stay pure with what we're eating, what we're thinking, what we're doing, when we do have a lot of the process and genetically modified alternatives around us that seem to be more cost effective oftentimes and certainly more convenient. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's, it's another example of maybe at your employer having healthy eating recipes that are part of your employee newsletter, or if you have an employee intranet or an online portal with information for your employees in the community, maybe you have a contest taking some of your favorite, maybe not so healthy recipes and finding a way to make it in a healthier fashion. Instead of using animal lard, for example, to make certain dishes, how about if we transition over to olive oil or coconut oil? So sharing successes and sharing ideas amongst ourselves, I think is certainly helpful. Mm -hmm. And the more healthy we are, the better our lifestyles, the healthier our practices, certainly the healthier we become as individuals and mm -hmm. ideally have that much less of a healthcare spend. That's interesting you say that because this is a conversation that happens in my household. Me having grown up in um, in Asia, in the islands, our food is very much like a Mediterranean diet, right? Fresh fruit, vegetables, seafood, white meat. And my husband growing up in America, as much as possible, lunch meats, hot dogs. Mm -hmm. And going through the health issue we're going through with my husband now, he's being told he can no longer eat lunch meats. He can no longer eat hot dogs. And in the hospital right alongside him, there is a 31-year-old young man. And he started with colon cancer, and it spread across to all the other organs. Young fiancé, so upset. The family struggling to deal with it. And they're talking about how when kids are in college and they eat all these prepackaged food, Mm -hmm. Hot pockets and hot dogs and processed meats and the three, four years in college alongside drinking can accelerate some of these things. And by the time they're 30, 31, sometimes they get into very, very difficult situations healthcare wise. So what is some advice we can give young people as they're preparing to go to college? As much as they're doing their homework and doing well in school, what can we do to help them better prepare for their own health long-term health purposes? Well, I think it, uh, on one hand, might be a lot, though as, though, though as much as it might be expected, to put on to somebody who's going into college to, in addition to everything else and the adjustments, to have them be mindful of healthy eating when they're 
particular college dormitory might have a cafeteria full of mac and cheese and hot pockets and different ramen noodle soups or things that are Mm -hmm. full of sodium and processed. So just the typical life of a college student doesn't necessarily afford them, whether it's financially or by way of access, true access, give them the opportunity to make some of those healthy and smart choices. So I think before we can expect the college students at large, again, assuming they're at a college setting, not not commuting, in order for them to make those smart decisions, we should be expecting or demanding of those educational institutions that Mm -hmm. they make available to their students healthy alternatives. So it's interesting you bring that point up. Why is it that then some countries are able to provide their college students more natural food, whereas countries like ours aren't? Is it the environment? I I personally think a lot of it has to do with your lifestyle and culture that you also grow up with. Going back to the fact that we were just discussing how you usually have two working parent households and... Mm -hmm some even working multiple jobs, it's not necessarily the norm any longer to be able to have a parent who's being very health conscious in grocery shopping, having the time to then come home, prepare a healthy meal for their family, and sit down five days, seven days a week together as a family eating home-cooked mm-hmm. food. More often than not, you're microwaving a dish or you're driving through fast food, or you're ordering delivery, or you're going Mm -hmm. out to eat. Some people might meal prep during the weekends, Mm -hmm. that they do have their healthy alternatives during the week. But Mm -hmm. the, the reality is, for as much as we all might try, it's simply something that I think all of us have inherently gotten away from. So when you have a child who is raised on fast food meals, basically, Mm -hmm. or microwaving whatever happens to be in the refrigerator or freezer, I think that the time of entering college as a 17 through 19-year-old might not be the most effective time to expect that person to have a complete and utter health care and healthy eating Mm -hmm. culture shift. Makes, Makes total sense. I can't believe we just have one minute left, Kelly. So let's do this. Um, I just want uh, to let our audience know that you will be presenting on this topic at our AGA Greater Chicago Conference on the 4th and 5th of June. Uh, I will uh, make sure that the link to the conference registration is available to everybody. Anybody who's interested in in listening to more insights from Kelly, meeting her in person, engaging in this conversation, please go ahead and email me at drcasshenry at hotmail.com. Um, and remember, um, our goal here is to give you the tools and insights so that you take responsibility and accountability to shape and transform your journey and the journey of life of your family and the community around you. Both Callie and I are committed to helping you in this arena. Callie is available and she is going to help make available a particular book you mentioned Kelly through my website. So I will take yes. that information from you, Kelly, and uh, share it with the audience so that they can uh, have a free download. 
I will make sure they have that. And right. anybody who's interested in engaging with us to make sure uh, we partner to drive accountability across our community so that we bring public, private, and university partnership for our shared prosperity. Uh, we highly recommend that you come to our AGA conference. You can uh, register for the conference at www.agacgfm.org and look for Greater Chicago Chapter, our conference page. And if you have any questions, do email me at drcasshenry at hotmail.com. Um, Kelly, I will make sure that uh, audience have your email address as well as uh, the ability to reach out to me to get information from you. Thank you so very much for being on the show. And there's so much more to talk about, and I will definitely look forward to bringing you back so that we can continue this conversation. Great. Appreciate you, you making so the time. Thank pleasure. you so much. And to our audience, as you continue with your journey, day after day, remember, every human interaction is an opportunity for our transformation. So go out there, transform lives, and don't forget to start with your own. Your health is the most important wealth you have. And go make sure you transform your life and the loved ones around you. Thank you for tuning in to Unleash Your Inner Goldilocks, how to get it just right. Please join Dr. Cass Henry again next Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another edition of the program. We'll see you then.